Welcome to Prayer House Online. I'm so glad that you are able to tune in today. Whether you are one of our regular listeners or you're here for the first time, um, I want to welcome you. A special welcome if you're here for the first time. My name is Forchi. I'm part of the team here at Prayer House in Weymouth. And it's such a joy that we get to connect online for our time together. If you'd like to know more about the Prayer House and what we do and what we're about, the Prayer House website, which is prayerhouse.uk, is a great place to start. You can also follow us on social media, that's Facebook and Instagram, for regular updates and especially about things that are happening within the church and in the area as well. So it's a great place to start. You can connect with us also by emailing connect, just that word, connect at prayerhouse.uk connect at prayerhouse.uk and we'd love to say hi to you and get to know you as well in a few moments paul's going to be sharing with us about faith and the gift of faith um, he shares some incredible testimonies about how god has moved when he has stepped out in faith and encourages us to do the same so um, before we jump into that i just want to give a little bit of context to what's happening on the 25th of November, we are going to set some time aside. Um, this is a Saturday and we're going to be meeting at Holy Trinity School in Weymouth for a time of what we believe would be a time of impartation. So what does that mean and what's it going to be? Simply put, it means that we're going to come with one agenda and that agenda is that we are going to pursue Jesus and his presence and whatever he imparts through us to each other we're going to receive so over the last few weeks we've been talking about different things so if you haven't listened to any of our previous sermons or talks about um, impartation and the different things that god has been speaking to us about this might be a great moment to do that so if you just go back on the list you will see the impartation series so listen to a few of those and especially the first one where paul gives us a great um, talk on the context of impartation and what that means so today we're going to be talking about faith and what that means and how we can operate in the gift of faith so before we jump into that why don't we pray and just welcome the holy spirit to speak to us to build us up encourage us so father we want to say thank you thank you for this time where we are able to connect together online thank you lord for this time where we are able to set this time aside to listen to your word to be built up by it to be encouraged by it to be edified by it and father i pray that everyone listening everyone with us here online to with us what i pray that you would just touch them even as they listen to the words as paul speaks to us today father i pray that you truly minister to our hearts and lord that something would shift supernaturally within us in jesus name we pray amen i'm going to tell a few stories and some of them you might have heard one i hope you haven't heard them all before but one or two you might have done especially if you've been listening so uh, a long time ago and a far, far away, land far away, <laughs> called Shaftesbury. I was working on a job and I was, I was a de uh, decorator and we were renovating an old farm and the scaffolders had a big scaffolding truck, which the typical ones they always have, and it was stuck in the field. And so they called everyone out to 
push out this truck. Everyone kind of rallied around and got around this truck and tried to push it out, and it wasn't going to move. It was very muddy. And I'm there with my white overalls, so I'm like kind of the man of God of the house. <laughs> anyway, I said, has anybody prayed yet? And they look at me like, who are you? Because they don't even know me, some of them. So I said, come on, we haven't tried everything until we've prayed and asked God to help. So I said, come on, in the name of Jesus, I command this scaffolding truck to come out of this mud now. So the same people got around the same truck and the truck came out. Okay. All the glory has to go to him. Yeah. All right. That's the condition of these stories. Um, another one. So um, I'm at the rubbish dump and there's a man who probably I'm not going to mention, give too much detail because I'm sure if you've been to the rubbish dump, you know who I'm talking about. It's a particular guy who's not especially friendly, not especially cooperative. His body language says, I hate people. I wish everyone would die so I could be alone in the world and be happy. However, I'm sure he's really nice and he's got some lovely children somewhere. Anyway, so he's at the top of the little metal staircase on his little platform, kind of... And an old lady throws her rubbish into the skip along with her car keys and her door key, everything else. So it's full. It's completely full. And in go the keys. So she said, oh, no, I threw my keys in the skip. And the man's like, it's like he's not even going to give her any margin of hope. It's like, that is it. You've lost your keys, madam. It's like, there's no compassion, no glimmer of humanity in his soulless eyes. And it's like, oh my goodness, this poor lady, she's lost her keys, she's lost her house keys and her door, uh, car keys, and there she is stuck at the rubbish dump for the rest of her life. It's like, <laughs> so I said, have you prayed yet? She looks at me, the man looks at me, it's like, who are you? And so I say, come on, everyone. In the name of Jesus, show us where these keys are. Literally, I look in the skip. I say, are these them? And they're like, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus, on the top of the metal steps. And they're looking at me like, it's like none of this has even computed with these two. It's like, I'm, they're both as alien to what is happening as, oh, man, it's so funny. So um, I was, Mark Wade, we all love Mark. He's from, he lives and works in Ukraine at the moment. He has a house with a big gate that is on the main road. To get his vehicle out, he has, to, he, he has to park his vehicle inside this gate and come out onto this main busy road. And it's got a big no parking sign on it in Ukrainian. But most of the Ukrainians seem unable to read that particular word. And so there's always a car parked in front of this gate when we come out. And so we come out and Mark's, you can tell his kind of temperatures rising because there's a car blocking his access again. And so I say, Mark, just leave it to me. So I go and I, I put my hand on the car. And this has happened at least four times. I put my hand on the car and I say, in the name of Jesus, I command this car to be moved. Now, literally less than a minute later, out comes somebody from somewhere, who knows where, and moves the car. And I'm like, all right, Mark, <laughs> when you're ready. <laughs> All right, another situation. Um, we're in Ukraine, and we've got the big marquee loaded up on an Arctic, and it's a curtain side, and the driver is also not very helpful, not very communicative, 
and not really seemingly on the same side as we are. Anyway, so we've loaded up the marquee. The light is going. It's starting to get cold. You can tell it's going to be you know, dark in a few minutes. And he drives the truck to the end of, because it's been on a school playing field, drives to the end of the road where the track, where there's to the main road. And he has to do a maneuver to get his big truck back onto the road. On the other side of the road, there's a lay-by and there's four cars in there. There's a bunch of shops, but they're all closed and nobody is with the cars. He can't get out without driving where the cars are. So there's a, a guy who's running the team for the organization, Remar, and he's a relatively young chap in his early 20s. And he, you can tell that he's stressed because this tent has got to get on the road now and we can't just park the truck there for the night in the gateway with the truck driver who's been hired and is being paid and so on and so on. <clears throat> so I say, David, come on, let's take authority over the situation. So we, I say, let's pray for these cars, command them to leave. So we go over, put our hands on the cars, command them to leave. And then the next few minutes, people just appear from wherever and move the cars. And the truck driver is able to do his maneuver and pull his truck out onto the road. Come on! Yes. Um, most recently, I felt God say to me round about um, July that if I organized the conference, which we just recently did in Ukraine, that God would pay. So I said, so this was about, I wrote it down just to hold myself accountable. And I put a date beside it. It was in July. And I, he said, if you organize it, I will pay. So I said, Lord, can we agree on a price? Let's say 10 grand. So he didn't say, yeah, yeah, that's all yours. But it was just he was going to pay. So um, almost what I mentioned it in the church shortly after. And someone came up to me afterwards and says, I want to give you some money. Can you come and see me? Gave me a thousand pounds. And I'm like, wow, God, this is really exciting. That's 10 percent of what I'm going for. And I thought, well, here we go. So we're in, I start inviting people and people start saying yes. And I'm thinking, oh, good. This is really good. God's with us. But there wasn't any more money coming. And I was inviting people to come and host the confer conference with me. And I couldn't get anyone to come. And what I was looking for was somebody who was experienced enough to speak to pastors and leaders and not be intimidated and, you know, the right kind of person who was going to be good to travel with, easy to work with, and a nice fit for me. So it's just not happening. And we're getting to time's nipping on, and we've maybe had another hundred or so pounds come in here and there. And it's getting to the point where we're less than a month away, probably about three weeks away, two weeks away. And Anna who is amazing, and she brings the word of God to me again and again and again. She said to me, babe, do you think maybe you should postpone it? And I'm like, babe, don't. I can't even, no, 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 a thousand times no. I, I can't. I just cannot go there. I have to, for some reason, I just know this is it. We have to push through. We have to hold on in there. And I'm thinking, I could go and do the teaching and everything myself on my own, but I feel like lame. 
it doesn't seem the right message. I just feel wrong about it somehow. And and Anna said, have you asked Phil Reed yet? And I turned him down because well, I hadn't even asked him because in my mind, I thought he's going to be far too busy. Phil Reed is a pastor I've known for probably 30 years down near Poole and a really, really good friend. And we're very much on the same page about ministry and stuff like that. So he would have been a good person to take, but I hadn't invited him early enough. And then I felt a bit shameful that I was doing it at the last minute and he was going to feel like he was the last choice, which wasn't what I wanted him. Do you know what I mean? I'm going through all these complex kind of thoughts in my head and all I've got in my mind to pin everything on is if you organize it, I will pay. I'm thinking, oh, we haven't got enough money. And Anna says, how are we doing with the finances on it? I said, not great. You know, we're kind of, we've got some. And she's like, okay. And uh, she said, but you really should ask Phil Reed. So I send him a message. It's nine o'clock in the evening. It's about three weeks left to go. And he literally replies instantly, yes, I'm really up for it. And so then I doubt whether he's understood me correctly. So I test him again with a few more texts. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. I would come and carry your bags. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. This is real. So then Phil was going to come and then Heather, his wife, came as well. It was really lovely. And by the time we set sail, I was going to say, by the time we set off, we were, we'd had around about 9,000 pounds come in. And by the end of it all, we had over 10,000 pounds. And the good thing about that was it didn't cost all that much. But what it meant was that we were able to put money into the hands of people who are running projects on the front line. And so we gave a thousand pounds to one thousand pounds to someone else, 500 here to someone else, you know, and it's just so exciting. And it just felt like God. And so when I, when I was there, I was, I was thinking, I arrived at the hotel because we'd been through a bit of a process with that as well. And um, I go down in the morning and begin to pray in the big conference room that they've given us. And this is my prayer. And this, is, this shows you how my brain needs to upgrade a little bit at times. I was like, oh, God. Oh, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I've got nothing to give these people. Oh, God, what am I doing? Oh, God. <laughs> and then I'm thinking... I just just have this little pause for thought. And it's like, God spoke to me back in July that he would pay. He's paid. Now we're here. It's a perfect venue. People are coming. And I have this moment of catch up where I'm thinking, this isn't about me. This is about him. And I just begin to thank him for his kindness and his love and his faithfulness. And it's like his great kindness washes over me and i and we lived in that place for the duration of the conference it was really good so the point of what i'm saying is that sometimes we need a special burst of faith and it's usually situational isn't it so it's no good having a burst of faith when we've got no application for it is it does that make sense? It's a bit like having an adrenaline rush when we're sat at home on the sofa. It's pointless, isn't it? And if we have too many of those, it's probably anxiety and we're probably ill and we should go to the doctor. 
because it just means our heart's racing for no reason. But there is something about when we're in the situation, when the scaffold truck is stuck there and nobody's got a solution, what are we going to do? We just leave them. It's not my problem. Let them sort it out. They can go and get a recovery vehicle to come and haul them off the field. Or maybe Jesus has got an answer. Maybe somebody could be crazy enough to trust Jesus. Maybe there's a solution, which is a miracle, which we haven't thought of yet. But how are we going to know? <laughs> Let's just, I'm just going to dig a little bit. If, we, we, if you were thinking about what we were talking about the last few days, last few Sundays, when Emma was stood up, she was talking about the gift of prophecy. If you remember in 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about there are various gifts of the Holy Spirit. So let's just quickly dart back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7 or verse 4. Let's go to verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, he says, Now there are varieties of gift, but the same Spirit. Which Spirit is it? The Holy Spirit. And there are very varieties of service, but the same Lord. Which Lord is it? Jesus. So same Holy Spirit, same Jesus. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of, of the spirit for the common good. What does manifestation mean, somebody? Showing. The showing. If we're manifesting fear, we're probably trembling and cold sweats and that kind of thing. Manifestation is when something becomes visible, when we show something. And he's saying to each is given the manifestation, the showing, the bringing to visibility of the spirit for the common good. What does that mean, common good? Everyone benefits. So the manifestation, the showing of the Holy Spirit is so everyone can benefit. It's not so that Paul White gets to look good in front of all the other builders on site, not that at all, or in front of the man at the top of the metal staircase it's not about that. It's for the common good. It's to show the Holy Spirit to everyone for the common good. Verse 8, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. Do you ever need wisdom? Are you ever in a situation you just don't know what to do? James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, he or she should ask God who gives generously Without finding fault, there is a gift of wisdom. It is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, Emily, doing the ward rounds, she needs wisdom. She'll be faced with a situation where she's got, whoops, she's got training, she's got medical knowledge, but she doesn't just need information. She needs wisdom. She needs to know what to do. She doesn't need to just know what's happening, but she needs to know what to do. And then, and, and I know Em, she'll be inwardly praying. She'll be, God, give me wisdom. And we're, we're in situations sometimes as a parent, we need wisdom. The Spirit of God is given for the common good. The manifestation of the Spirit is to not only benefit us in church on a Sunday morning, but to benefit Emily's patients, to benefit your toddler or your sanity. So... <laughs> To each is given the manifestation of 
the spirit for the common good. You see, those builders would not have had any reason to think of Jesus that day if I hadn't have given them one. Would they? It's unlikely that anybody else in their day would have made them think about Jesus and what could possibly happen if Jesus showed up if I hadn't have presented them with an opportunity. The lady at the top of the thingy whose keys were in the skip, she may never have thought of praying. I bet she did after. Because God manifested himself to her in a really beautiful, meaningful way for her that actually helped her big time. It was for her good, wasn't it? And it was for the other guy's good. Whether either of them are remembering it now is another question. Not my responsibility, however. So, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge. That means speaking with knowledge according to the same Spirit. It's like the wedding ring. I know a guy who is dead now, but he used to be part of this church, and he was driving away from someone's office where he'd been uh, just earlier. And as he's driving back in the car, he sees a wedding ring in his mind's eye on the floor behind a chair leg. So he turns around, goes back, and he says, the wedding ring you're looking for is on the floor behind the chair leg. So they, the guy turns out he didn't know that someone had lost a wedding ring. The guy was in the office all upset he'd lost his wedding ring. And they look behind the chair, and there it is on the floor. It's amazing. It's for the common good. So, so that's a word of knowledge. And to another faith by the same spirit, to another gift of healings by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now the gift of faith is what I really just want to particularly hone in on today. Because in a sense, faith is so integral to being a Christian, and yet sometimes it is so absent from the life of Christians. Shall I say that all over again? Sometimes, or every time, faith is integral to us being a Christian. We can't believe in Jesus without faith. Paul says that faith isn't even from us, it's a gift from God. It's something that God brings to birth in us. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. But often we think, you know, I've done my faith bit. I've believed and been saved. I'm on my way to heaven. Woo-hoo, hooray, that's me sorted. But actually, every single day is an opportunity to step out in faith and to have an adventure. Life becomes way, way, way more fun when we start taking God seriously becomes way more dangerous <laughs> from a natural perspective. You might find yourself in a bomb shelter. Let me just read this I wrote a few, uh, a couple of months ago. Faith is the dimension of partnership between our hearts and God's words. I'm saying words rather than word, because it's not just the Bible. It's when he speaks to us and says, if you organize it, Paul, I'll pay That's God's words. That's not written down in the Bible anywhere, but he spoke it into my heart and I was able to 
comprehend it. Somehow, don't ask me how, I write it down and he does what he's promised. So faith is the dimension of partnership. Let's all say partnership. Partnership between our hearts and God's words. It is the realm of transition. Should we say transition? Where the invisible becomes visible. So Hebrews, the writer to the Hebrews says, faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the substance or whichever way around it is, of things not seen. It's where something we can't see becomes visible. And God, that is faith. Let's just, just talk, let's just carry on a second. It is the realm of transition where the invisible becomes visible. It is the environment of transformation, the space where miracles happen and the ordinary becomes extraordinary. This is just so good, isn't it? Where the ordinary becomes extraordinary. So your day becomes extraordinary when faith comes into play. It is where the human heart engages with the living realities of God's word and the natural is overtaken by the supernatural. It is a both a voluntary response from us and a gift from God himself. So it requires something of us to say, yes, Lord, but it's also a gift from God himself. And so when we're in a impossible situation and suddenly we have got supernatural faith that there is a way out and this is it that is a gift from god himself it's not something that we've somehow mustered up by kind of making positive declarations although i'm not saying don't make positive declarations i'm just saying this is a gift from god it comes from a place of recognition of the sheer goodness of God and of surrender to his sovereignty. If I was on the site, just go back to the scaffolding lorry. If I was on the site and I was upstairs painting a skirting board, feeling miserable, feeling sorry for myself, why am I painting skirting boards? Why am I doing this scabby old job? Why am I not famous and successful doing something wonderful for Jesus? Why am I just doing something so ordinary on my knees in my overalls, covered in paint. I'm not going to go down there and bring anything to the party, am I? It's just going to be like everybody. I'll be just the same as everybody else. Call the, call the recovery vehicle. Let's get a human solution. But when I'm in a good place with the Lord and I'm happy and rejoicing, loving him and just doing my stuff, looking for opportunities to share my faith and give Jesus away to people, these opportunities present themselves, don't they? I told you the story, didn't I? You may have missed it. I'll tell you it again. So I walked into co-op where I do a collection for soul food. We collect some donated groceries most nights. And um, the, I, I walk in and the guy, the manager who I know, this story is slightly kind of, anyway, it's not to be shared too widely. He's, he's uh, feeling pretty glum. And I say, how are you doing? He says, I'm not doing good. And it turned out he'd been sh robbed again. They'd, some young people had come in and taken a massive crate of Stella Artois. And so he'd gone out and confronted them. And one of them had smacked him in the face. So 
I said, oh, it's awful. Did you call the police? He says, well, I told them, but they won't be here. He said, they never come. They won't even come and look at the CCTV. This is just how bad it is. This is just normal. This happens all the time. He said, I shouldn't have confronted him. I said, what about head office? Did you talk to head office? And he said, there's no point. I'll be put on a disciplinary charge if I do, because I'm not supposed to confront the shoplifters. So I'm thinking, man, what's he supposed to do? So I said, listen, mate, I, I'm a friend of Jesus. I talk to him every day. If he was here now, what could he do for you that would really help? And he said, do you know what? I would just love to get some response to all the job applications I've been putting in. I don't even get a phone call, an email, acknowledgement, leave alone a call back. I say, do you mind if I pray for you now? So I put my hand on his shoulder and just say, Jesus, you heard the guy. Please, can he hear something back from his um, applications? So I didn't see him for two or three days. And then he was in again on shift and I was there. And I said, oh, how did it go? Did you get any? You know, he said, you're not going to believe it. I said, go on. He said, literally, the next morning, the next morning, I get an email and it's a callback. So then he's, he's had, he'd already had one interview then, and he said, they, you know, it's looking good. So he'd had two more interviews. Each one had gone really, really well. But I didn't see him for quite a while. And then I saw him again. I said, oh, didn't you get the job? And he said, yeah, I did. I just didn't want to take it in the end, so I've turned it down. But I'm feeling great. I feel like this is really good. I'm, I'm, I've got a whole new lease of life. And I thought, wow. Be you see, we carry something for people. Let me just let me just read you one more one more verse because I've realized we're gonna have to stop. I'm gonna pray in a second. Because I don't want it just to always be my story. I want to hear your stories. Listen to this. This is what Paul the Apostle says. Verse 8 of what of Ephesians chapter 2. You don't have to look at it, but he says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works or as in our efforts, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What is that meaning? He's saying you've been saved by faith. It's a gift from God. And actually now... Each one of us is God's workmanship or work of art. And he's saved us for good works. It's interesting. It's not good works that save us, but it's good works that we're saved for. So they don't get us to heaven, but it's one of the things God is expecting of us once he saved us. And so he's planned all these things ahead of us. And our job is to trip over them and walk in them, just to discover those every day. Now, the gift of faith, going back, it's for the common good is to benefit everybody. How much would the gift of faith benefit the people in your life, in your sphere of influence? If you think about all the people you connect with through the course of a week, how much benefit would they have if you were walking in the gift of faith? If the gift of faith was operating in your life, 
in my life. Everything changes, doesn't it? We sing a song, when you walk into the room, everything changes. I actually think that should be true for each of us. When we walk in the room, everything changes. It's like the party can get started now because Jesus is here. We've run out of wine. Oh, it's all right. I dare you. <laughs> Double dare. Come on, should we stand on our feet and let's, let's at least engage Sunday morning. And then Monday morning is where the fun starts. Just one more story because I'm on a storytelling trip this morning. Daisy, she was tiny. She was about two. And she'd been offered food for a little while and we were a bit concerned. And um, she, we were suddenly became aware that she was like retching and trying to be sick or something. And we thought she's choking and we were really worried. It was quite an anxious moment. And we shone a torch down her throat and we couldn't really see what was going on. But I, I thought, right, well, whatever's in there, it shouldn't be there. I'm going to command it to come out in the name of Jesus as if it's a demon. I know it, it probably isn't, but I'm going to command it to come out. So I just said, in the name of Jesus, I command this thing to come out. And literally that second she went, that, and she hiked out this like laser die cut um, snowflake. It was around about Christmas and it was one of those plastic snowflakes. And there was two together and it somehow wedged in her gullet with its spiky outy bits. And it was no, no way that was coming out. I mean, they could have done it at hospital, but we didn't know what it was. And we were quite concerned. Literally, I say in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out. And it comes out. I know I'm telling you the good stories, but I want you to get excited. Huh? <laughs> so anyway, Jesus, here we are. We're just saying, yes, Lord, we're, we're up for this. We're up for this adventure. And Lord, we know it's going to be a bit, ha, ah, at times, but we're just saying, Lord, we, we want you to use us. We want you to activate the gift of faith in us today in specific situations that word will get around that there's some crazy people around who actually believe this stuff. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So you just own it for yourself and just in your own heart, just say, yes, Lord, let that count for me. Let it count for me. And just think about your own situation. I know where many of you work, what your lives, your families and so on. Just Jesus. Let me be the one with faith in this situation. Amen. Amen. What a great word. Hey, I hope that this has blessed you today, that this has encouraged you today, that somewhere your heart is just bubbling away to just follow the Holy Spirit and take that bold step of faith to maybe pop that question to someone. Maybe just ask that simple question and say, can I pray for you? Or has anyone considered praying about this? Or have we consulted with the Holy Spirit to see what he thinks? You know, maybe, maybe, maybe. Hey, if you have a story like that, if you have a testimony about God moving through you in that way, we would love to hear that. We would love to share that with the church as well. So why don't you write to us at connect at prayerhouse.uk. That's an email address, connect at prayerhouse.uk. 
You can also send us a direct message to DM us at Facebook or Instagram and we'll get those messages as well. We'd love to hear your stories. We'd love to hear your testimonies of how God is moving. Or maybe you've, you've just been listening this whole time and you've thought, you know what? I've never tried it and I'm going to try it. Well done you. I encourage you. I want to encourage you today to go for it. Go for it and ask the Holy Spirit every day when you wake up, perhaps what would this day look like if all of us had taken a moment this morning to say, Holy Spirit, here I am. I am a vessel. Would you use me today? Would you just give me those opportunities today to shine a light and bring glory to Jesus? How about that? Hey, so let's do it. Let's go for it. I hope this was a blessing to you. Once again, just a reminder, 25th of November from seven o'clock in the evening at Holy Trinity School, a time of impartation. Let's come together. Let's receive all that God has for us. And may we be a blessing to our community. So God bless you. Take care. Stay in touch with us. Let us know where you're listening from. And we'd love to hear from you. Bye for now.